0: This is 365 Tech by Sweets. Today we're on part 5 of our 12 part series looking at Kevin Kelly's book The Inevitable. Understanding the 12 technological forces that will shape our future. If you missed any of the past 4 episodes be sure to check them out. Lots of good stuff. Today we are on to accessing. The trend recently with successful companies is to own less but to provide more access. For example, Uber, the world's largest taxi company, owns absolutely no vehicles. Facebook, the world's most popular media owner, creates no content. Alibaba, the world's most valuable retailer, has absolutely no inventory. Airbnb, the world's largest accommodation provider, owns no real estate. Netflix, the world's largest video hub, allows me to watch a movie without owning it. Spotify, the world's largest music service, lets me listen to whatever music I want without owning any of it. Amazon's Kindle Unlimited enables me to read any book without owning any books at all. And PlayStation Now lets me play games without ever purchasing them. Every single year, I own less of the things that I use. This brings me to what accessing is. Accessing, well, possession is not important as it once was, and accessing is more important than ever. We're shifting the equation from having ownership to having access to the materials and services that we use. There are five deep technological trends that accelerate the long-term transformation from accessing away from ownership. The first technological trend is dematerialization. Over the past couple decades, the trend has been to make stuff better using fewer materials. Cars continue to get more lightweight, the beer can dropped off, Uh, What was it, like 73 grams? Yeah, it's dropped off about 50 grams since 1950. Phones continue to get smaller. Everything is continuing to use fewer materials to provide better services. And at the radical end of the spectrum, we have software, something that requires absolutely no material to make, very little material to make, just the silicon chips. And then it's able to provide a vastly superior service because you're able to improve it without adding on any material. This is leading to a migration from products to services. Unlike actual material things, with services, you're able to develop a relationship with the producer. The consumer and producer have a stronger relationship, and with that, the longer that you're with a service, the better it gets to know you, and the better it gets to know you, the harder it is to leave and start over again because nobody else is able to provide that connection, that partnership that you have with the existing service. The second technological trend is real-time on-demand. When you order a ride on Uber, you you don't need to tell Uber where you are. Your phone does all that. You don't have to settle a payment. Your phone does all that. Uber um, uses the phones of drivers to precisely locate where you are and uses your phone as a tool, as like a handshake tool, in order to perform a lot of the actions that you before had to manually do using an actual taxi service, which actual taxi services are not convenient. Uber is the big flagship service for this real-time on-demand economy, and as a result, Silicon Valley has seen a lot of Uber for X companies. Stuff like um, companies that promise you the ability to rent a lawnmower, or the ability to actually rent and use someone's car, or the ability to actually, in states where it's legal, get cannabis and marijuana delivered straight to your door. The promise to customers is that you don't need a lawnmower or a washing machine or to pick up flowers because someone else is going to do that for you on command at your convenience in real time. One reason that so much money is flowing into the service frontier is that there are so many more ways to be a service than to be a product. And now that every or most people are equipped with a supercomputer in their pocket, entirely new economic forces are being unleashed every day more APIs are being created, Android operating system and um, iOS are both being updated constantly to provide developers with more access to the API so that way we can leverage more services. The ability to link a credit card, the next technological force is decentralization. This is the trend that authority is moving away from central sources and gatekeepers out to the edges of society. Distributing and decentralizing all authority and power into the edges of all realms of software, hardware, and society. Yeah. Once we wrap the globe in endless circles of wiring, crossing the deserts, beneath the oceans, everywhere, the entire Earth is covered. Decentralization is not only possible, but inevitable. Everything, both tangible and tangible, has got to flow faster in order to keep the whole going. Flows are, are very hard to own possession seems to just slip through fingers of flows access is more appropriate for the stance of fluid relationships that govern a decentralized apparatus think of the most common and mainstream decentralized service right now Bitcoin Bitcoin does not require any central bank to authorize purchases instead series of decentralized miners authorize and verify the transaction between two people and then process that transaction allowing more anonymous and platform secure payments to be made because without the need for a central government to approve it's up to the system, the ecosystem all of those connected decentralized individuals to make decisions on um, on how the system is going to be shaped rather than the central gatekeeper think of the web for instance the web serves me as if I owned it yet I don't need to do anything to maintain it I can summon it up any time with the snap of a finger and I enjoy all of the benefits of the web, all of the amazing works. Answering my questions like a genius, navigating me like a, a wizard, entertaining me like a professional, without the burdens of ownership, simply by accessing. The more our society decentralizes, the more important accessing is going to become. The fourth technological force is platform synergy. For a long time, there were two basic ways for humans to work, a firm and a marketplace. A firm, such as a company, has definite boundaries with permission-based and enable people to increase their efficiency via collaboration. A marketplace has more permeable borders, requires no permission to participate in, and uses an invisible hand to allot resources more efficiently. A third way has emerged recently to organize work, and that's called a platform. A platform is a foundation created by a firm that lets other firms build products and services on top of that levels of highly independent products and services form an ecosystem that rests on the platform later a second generation of platforms formed that acquired more attributes of the market so now they're a bit of a market and a firm one of the first of these was iTunes Um, Apple which owned the platform uh, made a platform so that vendors could pitch virtual stall and sell their own apps on iTunes. Apple regulates the market, weeding out whatever they feel is not up to par. And then a third generation of platforms further expanded on the power of the marketplace. Unlike traditional two-sided markets, um, a platform ecosystem became a multi-sided market. A, A good example of this is Facebook where it created a marketplace that, where independent sellers could uh, produce their own profiles, which were then matched up in a marketplace with their friends. The attention of the students was sold to advertisers, and game companies sold to students, third-party apps sold to advertisers, and third-party apps sold to other third-party apps, and so on in multiple-way matches. The wealthiest and most disruptive organizations today are almost all multi-sided platforms. Apple, Microsoft, Google, and Facebook. All of these giants employ third-party vendors to increase the value of their platforms. All of them employ extensive APIs that facilitate and encourage others to play with it. In addition, at almost every level of a platform, sharing is the default. Your success hinges on the success of others. In a platform, we are all an ecosystem. We are one, and the success of one depends on the success of the others and the victory of others is a victory for myself. The last technological force is clouds. The movies, books, games, everything that we access all live on clouds. A cloud is more powerful than a traditional supercomputer because its core is dynamically distributed. That means that its memory and the work is spread across many chips in a massively redundant way. The web is hyperlinked documents while the cloud is hyperlinked data. Ultimately, the chief reason to put things up on the clouds is to share their data deeply. A central advantage of using a cloud is that the bigger it gets, the smaller and thinner our devices can become because the cloud does all of the work, all the processing, all of the data storage, while the device is just the window into the cloud's work. All that the phone is, all that the devices are doing are accessing data from the cloud and then presenting it to us in a way that humans can see everything that i do all of the applications i've been building recently are all cloud-based they're all serverless they i don't know where the data is actually stored i have no access or ownership to the physical storage of everything i use just devices i use a web interface to view the live database on firebase i use um, my computer to send and receive code from the terminal that is all just communicating with the cloud nothing lives on my local machine i can totally destroy all of the things that i own and i can just spin up a new development environment on a new computer in a couple seconds. The cloud is my blood. It's a, it's it's what enables me to work the way that I work, doing all of my freelancing, living wherever I want and traveling. I wouldn't be possible without all the access that the cloud provides over the ownership that I would have had to do in old times. That was accessing. Tomorrow, check back in for sharing.